0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Constructed Criticism Network. This network is here to help you improve in Magic: the gathering at every level. From popper Leagues to Top 1000 Mythic, we've got you covered. If you want to hear the entire network, head on over to our sponsor at PureMTGO.com, where you can hear each and every show, each and every week, and check out their sponsor, MDGO Traders, and tell them that the CCMTG Network sent you. Now sit back, enjoy the show, from YouTube, podcasts, and more, here's this week's episode from ConstructedCriticism.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 404 of the Constructed Criticism Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and I am joined by my co-hosts, two young men with their dreams and aspirations ready to be met, Abe Stein and Mason Clark.
1: Howdy. <laughs> it's they have early aspirations, and they are needing to be
0: met. N- many, many much dreams will be met, and we're going to talk about that today because we are going to talk about our reactions To the return, Mason Clark, of the Pro Tour. Not the Mythic Championship. Not the Set Championship. Not the whatever else they were called. The Pro Tour.
2: Old branding's back, baby. They saw what happened with Flesh and Blood and they used the words, and they're like, oh my goodness, that could be us.
0: (laughs) Before we get into that, though, we are going to do hashtag always improving. It is one of the points of the show, if not the main point. If you are not getting better, we used to always say you were getting worse. We want to be doing everything that we can to improve every week. Uh, we kind of just did this really quickly uh, last just a few days ago because we're recording early for this episode. But I'm just curious, have e- either of you have any always improving moments you want to share in the last couple of days with the listeners?
2: I have not played Magic since we last talked to the listeners.
0: <laughs> That's fair. Um, I, I kind of want to save mine for our Patreon question uh, this week, but I will say that... Um, been been thinking about uh, the next modern event that i'm playing in with quentin and matt uh kind of landed on playing this green black rock deck um for this event so kind of excited to learn that archetype and things like that um as well as um kind of started looking at pioneer due to some some upcoming changes to the op so
2: oh actually i do have one always improving moment uh I realized, because I, I have started working on an article for Card Kingdom, um, because I realized there are no moth guides anywhere. There, are, You cannot find one about how to do the combo, what that looks like, uh, how the pieces interact and stuff like that. And so my ocean Improving Moment has been trying to put into words, as simple as possible, uh, the very complex combo and figure out a way to make it both... Uh, digestible and helpful for people who want to be yogmothing and people who want to be playing against yogmoth. because the the thing i have learned the most from playing yogmoth, especially in person is that my opponents say i have no idea what's going on and then i spend a couple minutes talking about like this is how this works and like this is what's happening here you have priority now if you want to do this thing and so try to figure out how to best convey that to people while also um making it as clear as possible in a text format with pictures and stuff like that. And so uh, just trying to figure out the best way to share and communicate that has been an interesting challenge. So that, that's been a, an improving moment for me that doesn't quite feel applicable to listeners, but is something that has technically been on my mind recently because I've been working on that on the side.
0: I do think that like being able to express your knowledge, um, it, basically there's a lot of people that believe like if you can't, tell somebody how to do something or in a way that is understandable, then you don't really understand it. And I think that that is something that I live by at work, so it's interesting to hear people talk about it in Magic sometimes.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's weird with something like Yawgmoth, where like I can very easily tell you everything about it, but like maybe there's some part of it that's confusing or awkward for you. And so like having to figure out a way to convey that to the listener or to, sorry, to the reader uh, is a different skill than what I've worked on, on the podcast or on the podcast, I kind of kind of talk about something and have that sort of, you know, like this uh, way to convey it to you. And so it's much easier for me to have that happen and have you rewind it. And then, you know, visual stuff where with text, it's like okay i want to make sure that i'm very it's very clear because there's a lot of moments like if i write out the combo it's like all right i'm going to explain to you why you died to Gerald's messenger here so it's like you sacrifice the thing lose a life go to three then the Gerald messenger etbs they take two they now they're at two right and like it's very easy to have all the numbers stringed together and like just get at least for me personally like i would get lost in the sauce on it pretty quickly and so trying to like do all that sort of stuff and tackle that problem. has been an interesting
1: one. Yeah, there's also, there's a lot of iterations of, like, board states that do count as the combo for Yagmoth 2 that are are hard to cover. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that being a pretty big challenge. Um, my Break mode has actually come from um, my recent, uh, like, side foray into Eternal TCG, the, uh, like, Direwolf digital kind of magic clone. I, not quite clone, but... Uh, my friend Jonathan, um, he actually won the first Worlds qualifier for the game um, over the weekend, and he has been kind of pushing me to like try out the limited game, try out um, like like play some of these Worlds qualifiers, these five Ks. They run online, um, and because he's qualified for Worlds now, and I know so early, and I would love to be able to play like a big level event and prepare with him again, the um, same way we did for uh, some of our our PTs before they're now coming back. Um, I've been kind of diving into understanding a new card pool, a new card system, kind of like getting my bearings in a whole new world that's like new, but still familiar of like, you know, the game has a very similar mana system, a very similar um, like combat system. Uh, But there's a bunch of cards that are, you know, entirely different. The combinations of them are entirely different and really just working in a new space in kind of the same, uh, in the same way in a new space is really uh, really interesting. To kind of test out my processes and um, you know just kind of use use it as a little bit of a sandbox for the stuff that I do in Magic, um, with like just new stuff, but uh, but in a different place to kind of see you know how well the stuff I'm doing ports, and also just to, to have another opportunity to work through that process and work on making it better. So
0: that's awesome. Uh if you want to support the show directly, you can head over to patreon.com slash ccmtg. And you can become a patron of the show. If you're a $10 patron, you get free entry into our CCMTG open events. And I'm just going to say, guys, we should do the next one, Pioneer, on MTGO. That should be the next one.
1: I've been saying it all along, baby.
0: Like Pioneer is the truth. Mason's... I can't tell if Mason agrees or disagrees. He's nodding his head and then shaking his head and then... I'm I'm
1: shaking my head at Abe.
0: Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do it! Except no Abe!
1: Y'all doubted me. Y'all thought... Y'all thought Pioneer was dead. You thought it was not the blade. Well, doubting Abe
2: and doubting Pioneer aren't mutually exclusive, but now it feels like it is, and this adds such a new level to everything.
0: (laughs) Well, let's let's talk about why we would make such a change. Why would we make our one K pioneer Mason?
2: Well, it's a little ahead of the curve, but as we mentioned, the Pro Tour has returned, and with that, the first Pro Tour um, formats were announced, which are limited in Pioneer. Uh, so, if you're in the NA, that's going to be Pro Tour Atlanta. Uh, the date it hasn't been officially confirmed yet. I don't think, but it's heavily hinted to be, like, in the fall.
0: So, um, so Atlanta is not the Pro Tour. Atlanta is the regional championship.
2: Oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah, and it, it, is,
0: it is in November at the... November. Okay. Yeah, it's like November. November. No. I think it's the... In the... the Pro Tour
2: oh. hasn't been announced yet,
1: right?
0: Right, that's right. correct.
1: Pro Tour has not been Okay, gotcha. I just got a little no. mixed in the yeah. song. The regional is at DreamHack Atlanta, which is in mid-November. I don't have the exact date in front of me.
0: So, we just, said, we just said a lot of words, though. One of the things that we said is a regional championship. Uh, so, let's break down what's happening, basically. Well, first of all, your local game store can now run a regional championship qualifier. If they are a premium store, they can run two. There's a $50 fee attached with that uh, that comes with a DreamHack Pass for the winner um as well as i think some other stuff but yeah that your your stores can now run these qualifiers the if you are um not in the u.s some of this might not apply to you i only know the specifics of the u.s one really because you know focusing on me baby uh but i believe canada for the for our canadian listeners they have two they have one on the east and one on the west um there are there regionals. The US one gives out 48 invites. The Canadian ones each give out 16 invites. I believe. Yeah, there's two of them. Yep. Uh, also, I
2: think it's only 48 for the first year for the US.
0: That could be true and then it goes to top 32. Yes, correct. Yep. Um so those so those, the, the regional championship in the US specifically um I think has $130,000 in prizes with thirty thousand to first place. First and second place get an invite to worlds. That is also true of the European one, the ape the um the Pacific one and there's two more that give out first and second to worlds, but I don't remember or there's one more. But I don't remember the fourth. Um either way yeah, great. That's that that's the Pacific one I was just talking about. Okay, it, yeah, okay yeah I was making sure um that's from my head but yeah, so we have Worlds announced, uh, and you might have noticed a layout here. We have regional qualifiers, regionals, regionals qualifies for the Pro Tour, the Pro Tour qualifies for Worlds. It's that simple, Mason.
2: Yeah. It, it, there's a a plan, a, a path laid out, I should say. I would say a plan, but there's always been a plan, but maybe not the clearest of plans. It's the clearest of paths. <laughs> should
0: we talk about our initial impressions of reading the announcement really quick. We could start with you, Abe.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I absolutely love this announcement. Uh, I've been saying for a pretty long time, like all I really want, and and it doesn't even have to be complicated out of Magic now that we're kind of back in a place where having tabletop play is possible, is a system where I can play events at my LGS level or like my, my local area level that feeds into a bigger event at a larger level where I play and test myself against those players. And then if I succeed at that, then I play at the biggest level, like the levels just keep going up. There's like four or five tiers of them. You qualify for a thing. It's very clear what you qualify for. The thing you qualify for has easily applicable and easily uh, easily understood levels of prestige. So like, yeah, I'm going to compete in this 130K event at DreamHack. It's pretty cool to tell people if you succeeded it. So there's like, You know, to people who in your life who don't play magic, it is something that is very easy to explain, why it matters to you. Um and it feels cool to accomplish and to to be a part of. And this really hit the nail on the head for all of it. I love um I love that there's, you know, gonna be these qualifiers um at the local level. Uh I think it remains to be seen how many of them get scheduled. That's kind of like my only real apprehension with the uh with the announcement, but just knowing that. You know, I can play my Saturday or Sunday local Magic event. It can be a, a 1 or 2K, just like it currently is. But there's, you know, more more attached in the way of uh, of qualifications. And then I can set my sights on goals like I want to qualify for the regional and then, uh, you know, make that my goal for for a season and then go play the regional and try to succeed there to make the pro tour in this event that's not doesn't feel super, um, like, spiky in the result you have to have. Not necessarily a winner, winner takes all invite kind of thing, which really feels bad. It's like the number of, of like 32 to, to 48 over the years is like pretty large and um, definitely substantial for an event that people have to get invited to. If you like pulled together all of the RPTQ qualifications over like uh, over a season back when we were under that system, I think it came out to be like uh, something like 500 or 600 players. So, you know, this is like you got a top thirty two something around the size of a Grand Prix of players who have all done their due diligence to to qualify, um, like Grand Prix and SG and top thirty two that to make it to the pro tour, which is, you know, I think a very good bar to have to clear. And uh it all just makes sense very intuitively and doesn't I don't have to look at an infographic doesn't make sense to me to understand what I'm doing with pro play, which is how I felt for the last like two and a half years. So I think it was a huge win. I am really, really excited and happy about this for many reasons. Um, and you know I think I think, especially with the way things are, it's about as good as I could ever ask for. So
0: yeah, my initial impression of this was uh, almost relief, like just like I was like, oh, this makes sense. Um, yeah, I would say it was relief, like it it um i i can now envision a world in which i can go to one place to understand the op to see where my next event is at uh, and know what i'm preparing for and that is a huge load off my chest personally what about you mason
2: yeah so my, my my initial reaction was getting woken up to like 30 messages in a phone call and being startled, uh, so I knew it was good. <laughs> but my, my when reading over it and um, looking through it, I really like that it supports local play and emphasizes it as like the base of the pyramid and makes it the most uh, easily accessible starting point. Apparently, there will be ways to use Modo and Arena as well. To uh, reach the regional championships in the professional tour, so that's really good for people who are in spots where they don't have local scenes or maybe they've only played on those things. So I'm happy there's that as well. But ultimately, I think the thing that is the when we when I look back on the MPL, the worst part about it is its inaccessibility, and it just kind of kills it for everyone at the local level immediately unless they're willing to commit to traveling and doing that sort of stuff to maybe, maybe get a chance. So having this be a thing where it's like, like Abe mentioned, like I can play your, you can play your Saturday or Sunday, local tournament or, you know, blah, 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 blah. You can do those sort of things. Uh, I think is a huge boon for this. This boon's a good word, right? Like yeah. a bonus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a moment of self-doubt, but uh, I think it's hugely good for that. I like it. I basically was... I think I talked to Spencer about it, but I was like, yeah, as long as local play gets supported in some way and the rest of the system is reasonable, I'll be pretty happy considering everything we've had. And I, and I think this announcement does that, so...
0: Yeah, I, I'd like to come and go over some of our overall like things that we love about it, just really quick, before we get into things that maybe we think could be better or things that we hope for. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys have kind of mentioned some of yours, but my my biggest love it for this is really like the regional qualifier like I, I yeah, it feels th- this kind of gets into my some of my could be better and some of my hopes but like I, I it feels like NCQs are back and Nationals is back is what it feels like um, those are way before Mason's time but like I I uh, the, the things that I didn't like about RPTQs will not be true here. And I really, I really love, like, the idea of, like, this, there's two, I think there's two 10Ks or something that are open events at this thing, uh, at, for Atlanta. Yep. There's tons of, like, it's like nationals with an invite only, two opens, and, like, a bunch of other stuff. It's like, the craziest Grand Prix of all time. Um and I, I that's really exciting. The other thing that I really loved about this announcement was it, the I don't know if accessibility is the right word, but like being I think the ease of explaining it to a new player was a huge love it for me. Like I can literally explain to somebody how to become like a person who plays a Pro Tour. And I don't even know if I knew the answer to that a week ago. Other than there's Moto PTQs would be, like, my answer. Um, and my biggest other one is uh, Limited. Like, I I just really, really miss seeing Limited on the Pro Tour, and I'm really excited to have it back. Any love that you guys didn't mention?
1: Um, I do want to touch on just, like, I wanted to emphasize one of uh, one of Mason's lovets, which was how good it is for uh, like there to be something for local stores to do and the emphasis on local play. like I worked at um, worked at a game store when the PBQ system happened, and that game store was like struggling at times. you know it, it's hard to run an LGS uh, and especially now nowadays much more so. And I cannot emphasize to people enough how much of a difference it has for your event attendance and for the engagement you have as a store, your ability to move products, your ability to have uh, have people come in and know you exist, that is having a qualification attached to an event and the ability for every store to have access to that in the same way that you know programs like the IQ program we're doing, the PPTQ program did for stores is such a like huge unseen force to the ability for the LGSs around you to thrive Um, And to, you know, really create a strong community of players on the local level, really what I saw in the PT system. And I think that um, this really is going to have a really strong effect on local magic for everyone. Um, If you like if your local magic scene has the stores to run events, then I think you're going to see a lot of them be able to thrive. And, um, you know, Supporting your LGSs in that way. It's easier to, if you're someone who already owns all the cards and doesn't really want to play FNM, now you have a reason to go out to your LGS and play this event, uh, or go to an LGS you don't normally go to and play their event and see the people who play there and really just be face to face with the rest of your magic community. I think that's like one of the number one best things about the entry levels of organized play and the huge emphasis on it is so, so good on so many levels for everyone involved that it's like my number one love it. For sure. Yeah. um, A lot of that. My other love,
2: it. I mean, it is hard for me to undersell how much I I do like the local play and it being uh, an accessible route for someone who is newer or trying to get into things. Um, I really like that. I think having it, like you mentioned, Spencer, be so clear and explainable. It's like, hey, there's going to be this tournament next Saturday. You win that, you go to this. If you top 32 this or 48 for the first year, you go down to this and then you do this, you know? And then at this one, there's like marginal invites which will help you get to the Worlds if you're good enough for that. Um, and, and I'll say it. Uh, I, I think the other thing that I'm, I don't know how y'all feel about it. I like, I mean, uh, I know a lot of people did not like that Worlds is, I, I think it's 132 or 180 or something like that now. Uh, Worlds is much bigger than it was before. It was like 16 players before, and now it's somewhere in the range I just mentioned. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. I still think it's a really cool accomplishment, and it's really awesome. And it's going to be kind of cool to see uh, a bigger Worlds pool, and it would be something to compete for and see a lot of people kind of reach that echelon and level of play. And I I don't think it detracts from it being, you know, X. I guess it's 10 times the size it was before i still think it's like a super awesome and cool achievement and it's, it's awesome to like have that be a thing that like you know maybe in like a couple of years if i did well enough i could like have a shot at being able to play that where before i was basically Dobbs, like i needed to you know play out of my mind for a whole year berserkly uh, which i still would have to kind of do but even then you can miss so easily you know there's always those stories of like someone missing by a point and you know that'd be a, still happen this time but it'll be a little easier uh, and it's just cool. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see Worlds and stuff be back and the paper coverage. That's uh, the end of my things.
0: Yeah, I want to do some could be better really quick. I only have one big could be better. Um, and I, I should say I love it first before I do this. Um, I also love that they did not say that L2s were required for RCQs. There's a reason that that's a love it for me in that i think the PPD system was a huge huge strain on the judge community and the judge community uh has had a lot of people leave since judge academy came out and i do not believe that stores could possibly get the l2s to run these events i, I just don't even think it would be possible additionally that brings me to my could be better um i have already seen store store owners complaining about competitive players their lack of buying stuff they're all the same crap that we were during the PPTQs. and my my could be better is not for the announcement but it is for uh it's for store owners that if you don't want to set your store don't host tournaments like if you're already going to complain about us being in your venue just don't have us come to your venue like, it's, it's wild to me that you would complain about us before we're even there for an event that you don't have to run. Like, I... I, It's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling to me. The fact that it took less than five hours for that to happen was something else. So... Uh, my other... My, uh, my only could-be-better for the announcement is... I was a little disappointed that it didn't include the state of digital and how digital feed. And it's it's easy to be like, oh, they should have done this. But I, honestly, they should have. Like, if I'm being completely honest, like, y'all have had years, years to figure this out. I just, I find it, I find it. A little, a little weird that you couldn't include what it was going to be for those online formats.
1: Yeah, they did include that. They said they would talk about that next month. I think. I think they had a separate announcement for that. Like they were, they were. Yes, they do.
0: did. They did. I think they even gave a date too. Um, yeah,
1: I think Huey mentioned on the live stream. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, I just find it, it's hard, right? Because like this is the first Wizards announcement that I've listened to in quite a while that i was like good job great like honestly honestly good job and um you know i am historically like a huge watsi supporter like i'm just like we're too hard on them they you know their job is hard but like i maybe it's um being burned too many times but like the number of times the big changes are coming big changes are coming stay tuned and then nothing happened was infuriating and the fact is that it's not it's like you set the date for this announcement right you did so i I think you could have given us i i still don't let me put it this way i still don't have a reason to log into arena like straight up don't have one
2: i assumed that the reason we didn't get an arena announcement or like the the digital play announcement is because something else is going on with the digital platform which i know sounds stupid or whatever but that's the only reason that makes sense to me is that there's something coming like tournaments in client or something you know what i mean something like that 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 team has announced or whatever and they don't have footage or whatever for some stupid reason but i, I don't know it is very weird that the digital play especially for moto
0: yeah it it's it, it i'm trying not to like rag on them right but like you you set this date you yeah. your team is the one that decided when you were going to announce this. So the fact that you once again don't have everything is wild to me.
1: Yeah, getting getting an incomplete picture when we've like known, I guess since they were like, Yeah, we're killing the MPL that this was this announcement was going to be coming at some point is uh is definitely a bit disappointing. Um I know that you know, I know a lot of people who are like mainly engage currently, you know, through Arena or through Moto who definitely want to know the answer but you know hopefully hopefully what we see in what would be really disappointing is if what we see in that announcement is just like yeah the ptqs on moto are gonna stay and they're gonna do this and you're gonna like qualify for the pt and the corresponding regional and then on arena if you make the top 2000 on mythic then you get to play the qualifier weekend and then like if you get you know five wins on day two you can play a regional and if you get seven wins you can play the pro tour and it's just like this literally this could have been in the same announcement there was no reason for that that would be disappointing but i uh you know i, I think that if they're going to do its own separate announcement there's enough going on there that they probably i'm i'm hoping there's enough going on there that they want to want to give it its own, own it, it, that I agree that it. would be
0: awesome like it, it i will take this all back if like the digital play announcement is awesome right i, have, I we did miss a love it though that i think we all share that you just reminded me of Abe. Do you guys see the age requirement for this now? Yeah, they Thir- thirteen years old
1: for paper play. I mean, it always oh, has uh, been the uh, uh, the eighteen thing is just it's an online only phenomenon. Even when they had the paper when they had the paper pro tours,
0: no, because Jack, the system, uh, what's their those kids qualified via uh, Moto once, didn't they? Yes, and yeah,
1: you yeah, could do that they- because the way they did that was the events that you qualified for were in paper. So they would have a Magic Online oh, so
0: event. So that will also be true now, club. though.
1: Um, yeah, and so so I think so it depends actually. So the way they the way they got around any sort of weird gray areas then was that if you won a Moto PTQ, you got all of your in client stuff and your qualification, and then when you went to the event, you would play in like the Magic Online PTQ winner uh, like showcase event. And it was like a side event where you play like six rounds. Of I, I remember this now. Okay, and they'd give you fifteen hundred dollars plus a
0: bunch I, of. Like, I moto I remember because like... Casey had to book his ticket to Hawaii, and then get his yeah. And so... get yeah it was and awkward. It know? was awkward. Uh...
1: So, so that's how I got around that. And like now that now that they don't have to deal with the like on like online to online kind of ecosystem. Area. Sure. Yeah. With.
0: I, it's still a huge level for me just like seeing the zoomers get a play is like a huge huge bump for me
1: yeah i live in the same area as like milan and alex rubin and both of them are like pretty notable uh members of the Zoomer generation getting to see them play paper all the time is is fantastic it's uh it's awesome and i'm excited to see them have a shot at the uh, at the big level if i can talk about my one big could be better
0: yeah
1: um it's that and I don't know if you guys think those could be better or not, but I think that the lack of um, infrastructure for near misses at the regional to re-qualify for a regional is kind of, it could be better for me. I think there's a lot of people who like, um, you know, one of the things that people saw happen or, or that I, I at least saw happen was like under the PPTQ system, People kind of start getting burnt out of like playing a PPTQ every weekend, hitting the RPTQ and then being like, you know, well, I guess I got to go right back to the grind or like, you know, they'd like, and they'd like lose playing for top eight or something and then be like right back at square one. And when there's so, when there's so few of these, and it's also not clear how many of the, um, of the PPTQ style, the, the local level events there are yet, I get a little of affer- like, as it stands, I get a little afraid for people of, like, you know, taking that shot, having that near miss, and then being right back at the bottom. But that might just be, like, some sort of uh, response to just feeling like being I at mean, the bottom from so many I... years of it being so difficult to get a, a step up um, with how big a jump it was going from, like, nothing to the Pro Tour. So, I think it could be better, but I also, I like, I can see a lot of the arguments against it, right? Like, if you, if you do that, then people who have your misses can't really play during the next season to get regional invites or like they're they're capped at being qualified for as many as there are left so
0: yeah i qualified for my force pro tour from the first rptq um and they did not give out invites to the next rptq at that time they changed that to the, the season after, after some feedback. So I would say just, like, we need to continue to give Wizards feedback. Um, and it's one, I, I'll get into some of the feedback I think we should give during one of my hopefuls. But Mason, do you have any could-be-betters? Or, or was that the end of yours? That was the end of mine, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so this one's a little awkward. So under the same lines of, like, I love that the base of the pyramid was emphasized so much and that local play is emphasized so much... Um, I'm not in love with Grand Prix being dropped and slash Magic Fests, which, like, originally I thought what was happening is they didn't mention Grand Prix and the announcement in the morning because in the afternoon on the live stream, Hugh was going to be like, don't worry, there are still Magic Fests. They're going to be like only a couple a year, but like, don't worry, like, that's just not a huge part of OP. They'll be like, regional qualifiers at those events and there'll be the command zone stuff and whatnot and i'm sure people like cfb will run their knockoff um like gp vegas type thing or whatever that's just i think that's pretty much free money so that's going to happen but i do wish there was something like that and i get uh after listening to huey talk about it it kind of confirmed what i thought that they think regional championships kind of fill that role as a gp which i I think they do to a, a certain extent but i think that it's a little different in the way that it's very clear for me to explain how to get to the pro tour. I feel like it's a little unclear that like, Hey, this is the thing that like the main draw is you were qualified for this, but don't worry. There are things that are still going to be fun to do or whatever, even if you're not playing in the main event with us, do you want to come? And I wish that was a little more clear something along those lines.
0: I agree. It's kind of hard. Like I'm already talking to some people about Atlanta and it's like, like they're like, well, I don't know if I want to play PPD Well it's like, well, there's two Grand Prix basically attached to this event. But it's kinda hard to explain that. So I, I definitely get what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it feels like that message got kind of lost in the translation of the much bigger one hundred thirty thousand dollar message uh, that's sitting on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely I definitely agree though, like uh, that it is disappointing to see like the Magic Fest GP kind of energy go away, but it just seems like, it it seemed like um, Huey in talking about it was pretty optimistic about their return should things get a little less uncertain around COVID. I think that seemed like their biggest biggest reason for being restrained with running events like that. But they, they did say like, you know, we wanna have, you know, like the Magic Fest energy at all of these things and uh and like have ample support for that and if you look at the dream hack like page for their dream hack events it looks very much like they're just trying to bring you a gp-like experience with like cosplayers artist alleys vendors mm-hmm. um all that stuff and and so you know hopefully that yeah it is it
0: is a little happen. awkward though that if you're not qualified you have to buy a dream hack pass and go into the like and whatever fees for whatever tournaments you're playing so that's i don't know i mean that that's been a problem at other i think the red bull invitational had this problem like there's been other magic events that have had that problem
2: the one i'm playing this i'm playing tcg kentucky tomorrow and uh, i have to get a pass again to get into that as well yeah uh, it was only like 10 bucks and like the tournament i think actually adjusted its entry fee for that which is a little weird but either way uh that's cool and that's awesome and i i'm glad that the regional championships are Grand Prix, but I definitely feel like this is a spot where I have to do a little leg work for Watsy, and it feels like even the announcement of like everything you loved at a Grand Prix will also be here just in the line or even Magic Fest I think yeah. goes like miles or whatever but that being said like Atlanta's four hours from me I'm gonna be at Atlanta no matter what hopefully my pass was free <laughs> you know, so.
0: I want to go into some of our hopes for this um because I think that you know while they you know, we gave the feedback of what we think that they could have included that they didn't. But I also think that we also probably are hopeful about certain things that maybe can be better than they were before or, um, and my biggest hope is a future change that I want. um, And I would encourage people to give people feedback. I really, 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 really don't like um, that stores can pick whatever format they want. I would prefer it that it was just either sealed or the format of what, uh, that you're qualifying for i totally get they've done this in the past and it was not successful people didn't like it and i don't think that it's a good idea i think that it needs to be associated with the format that you're going to play um and i would encourage people and i'm hopeful that wizards changes that um that's my that's one of my big hopes um my so one of my other hopes is the the feelings um I'm really hopeful that these don't feel like PPTQs. Like I want them to feel like NC uh, NCQs, those national championship qualifiers, um, and and the reason for that is like there was something really fun and exciting about an NCQ, uh, where like it was you you like I don't know it felt special, and that is not how PPTQs felt. Uh, PPTQs felt like a chore, and I I, I kind of hope that we get that vibe from from these events. Um, I also hope that like stores see opportunities for different things. Uh, Abe, you mentioned 1Ks and stuff, right? Um, I'm I'm pretty hopeful that stores see the value in building communities through these events. I know that PPTQs launched some stores um, into kind of these new areas for players to compete and play that didn't exist before. And you know, while I, while we, you have the storners that I was talking about that like complain about competitive players, I think that like running your event as like a ten dollar one k with only store credit is a great way to get people back into your store. And it's like, technically you're op- probably operating at a loss, but like you're giving out store credit. These people are either going to buy singles or board games or whatever, come back, use them for entry fees in the future. Or like, you know, those one K plus events that, the being Lehigh in Utah runs where it's like scaling price support, 1000 guaranteed go all up to way to 3000 type of stuff. Like, um, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunities as well. And the other thing that I would say is like, I'm really hopeful that people run sealed like, really hopeful i love competitive sealed events so um my, most like of bonding with you right now. i know right like i i i there's a lot of hopes that i have for the feelings of the rcqs um and i'm gonna try and stay optimistic like I, i'm gonna not focus on the negatives of the PBDQ system, and instead focus on the positives that can come from the RCQs, and that's that's kind of where my hope is. Um, and then my my biggest my uggest, my other biggest hopeful uh, is is probably the I I hope that when when we understand more about what the actual Pro Tour is and where it's at and what what's going on there that it. I hope it feels like a pro tour. Um, I don't. I don't know that people have felt like they've played in a pro tour in a long time, including including a little bit before COVID, for what it's worth. I, I think that um, I think it lost a lot of its luster when they when they changed things, and I hope that we can get back to people being really proud to be able to say they played in the pro tour. Mason, I I don't. Oh, Abe, you, you, you can go too if you want.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I kind of touch on on your hope about the PPTQs. Do you feel like um, the PPTQ system felt like a chore to you because you were spending all this time qualifying for something you used to have in another PTQ?
0: In some ways, yes, but additionally, like, it's it's tough because like the the I'm in a different place in magic than I was during the PPTq system and I was also in multiple different places in magic during PPTqs one I thought RPTQ sucked like they didn't even feel like PTqs like they felt I don't know they didn't they were bad like they'd give them to stores and like the store would like rent a venue and like be complaining because there was no entry like it was horrible like rptq sucked this does not feel like an rptq which is why my hope is so large right like yeah this feels feel this like feels like nationals right like it feels like we're gonna go play a national championship for the u.s and yeah,
1: exactly we're gonna play nationals three times a year
0: yeah and that so. that's a different feeling that like pptqs felt like a chore because it was like i don't even want to go to this rptq but I have to, so it means I have to play these PPTQs. And then if I win the first one, I just don't get to play Magic for who knows how long. Um, and that that is a real fear of mine. Is like I'm gonna win the first RCQ, and then I don't get to play Magic for three months, and that kind of sucks. Um, I don't well, I know. I think the
1: way the system works, you can like you can have a, you can like stack up to three RCQs. Yeah, you, you, you can, can stack spend up. them at any point. Oh, like, sick! Like, during the year, I guess. All
0: like, right, which, that's which, a love which, it which I didn't make know about.
2: Worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny if you just go and play and when your first three, you're done for the year.
0: Uh... <laughs> well, it does it does mean that I can be really more selective about the ones that I go to, though, right? Like if I'm like I'm only going to go to the ones that are supporting competitive players, right? That are doing the one case, they're doing yeah. the sealed events. Like there's no FOMO. there. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, so so my biggest hope. uh I ask you that question: Is um, that the PTs themselves because it seems kind of like the most nebulous thing they told us when they're coming it us that they are PTs I hope that the PTs um like they they are in locations and like and at times and like like that the scheduling timing of like the PT itself is near the set release you know, like, not this, like, halfway through or near the end of a set's life cycle, especially with limited, like, that they're come out, like, two to three weeks after, you know, they're, like, real, real up close to the launch, and, um, and that they're, like, in places that people want to take time off of work to travel to, you know, like, places where, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to go do this thing, and it's going to be cool, and I'm not going to be, you know, taking off to go to Phoenix, Arizona for a, a weekend.
0: That's yeah i really i cool. it was a little nebulous and also i don't know if we know that they're going to be regional pro tours or like the regular pro. like i i don't actually know if we have an answer yeah,
1: there's still that.
2: they're still a little bit up in the air about it i think I, my and that is going to be wrong my when i was listening to them talk about it my it felt like what they were saying is that we play the regional championship for the regional pro tour that feeds to worlds because okay so they did world,
0: say it was regional pro tours
2: i'm pretty there's there's an image i shared to somewhere that i think mentions this y'all keep talking and i'll I'll cut in if it's correct
1: yeah i just um yeah i just hope that you know the pts even if they are only on the regional level that they um that they are in places that feel like a cool place to go for a pt and everything and and that the timing of it makes it so the event of the pt itself puts a challenge in front of players to do something innovative or new and doesn't doesn't reward like the late stage stuff in the same way that we've seen um you know kind of a big failure of the set championships be that it always comes at the worst time when the format is like already dead or there's about to be a new alchemy drops we're playing alchemy the week before like, dude i there's...
0: hate i hate it when they do and especially like if they did that with the world championship that one time or like yeah that's it's so yeah, bad i
1: just hope we get away from that and in and go back to playing magic at the time where it is most volatile and using that to test the the medal of the best players. I would be actually kind of bummed if it was like, totally region, if it like, if a PT was like, um was less than like three or four regions worth of players. Like if the North American regional PT isn't, I mean, I guess if it's just like LATAM, um, Canada, US or whatever, and that's the region, that's probably like, that's a pretty sweet region to to be operating in um and playing in but like if we already have this like nationals event it feels kind of redundant to have the pro tour on top of that where like you go and play your regional like at, at the u.s level and then if the pt isn't sizably
0: hey bro bigger than that... come on man hey, pro tour albuquerque is gonna be great
1: <laughs> yeah man i'm gonna play teamer energy
0: uh any helpfuls for you mason
2: I think I had to say this.
0: Okay. Sounds scary.
2: Um, I am hope I want to be hopeful slash like I am hopeful that they will continue to think about the larger player base and keep them in mind that the decisions going forward. Uh, and by what that I mean is I mean the bottom of the pyramid for the ninth time in this podcast. I, I, I really, and I can't stress it enough, that if you remove the bottom of that pyramid, then we're very close to the system we had before, and that system was inaccessible, and that killed the dream for a lot of people. And I just want them to foster the dream. And so I'm hopeful they'll continue to do things and add things that make it accessible. So it kind of goes to your line about like, Should all the events be the same as the thing that you're qualifying for? If that helps people out, then yes. You know what I mean? Like, I just want all the decisions made with that. And I really hope they don't respond to us kicking and screaming like they have in the past. Like, I think they've just over listened to us in a lot of spots uh, and spots where they they probably shouldn't have. And so I hope they kind of use their best judgment
1: there. Yeah, yeah, my biggest hope that we stop kicking and screaming about every announcement and, (laughs) you know have have
0: reasonable dialogue Dude. about things. this for what it's worth like there were two ways this podcast could have gone depending on yesterday right like i mean really there was there was a there was a real ominous thing that could happen like we could have just come on and been like you know what guys we're done like we're all giving up on magic forever we're like i i obviously i don't know that whatever ever, ever would have happened but like instead we're coming on the show and being like this was a great announcement this was this was good and I think a huge reason for that is what Mason's talking about, where, you know, we, I mean, look, look on the screen behind me right now, Danny Cathro is playing in Pro Tour Eldritch Moon, and, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, a huge, awesome part of constructive criticism was seeing, all this group of kids from Utah, all get to go to the Pro Tour and all, you know, improve at Magic um and that just doesn't happen in the the old system like mason said right like you don't get you don't get that story um and and i think that it's a valuable story that is at least for me it like i don't know seeing quentin and and danny and um and michael hinderocker like get better at this game and improve and seeing mason do it like it's it, it made me want to do better at other things in my life, like my job. And, um, yeah. I think what Mason said is really true.
2: Gotta have the local scene.
0: That is going to do it for our... I don't know if it's our like reaction to the return of the Pro Tour, but... Anything you guys want to say before we jump into our Patreon question?
1: I'll see you in the streets, baby. Ooh. Yeah, I'll be at Atlanta regardless. Like like Spencer
2: <laughs> said, there's a GP going on. It's four hours from me, so I guess I'll be there. I guess it's the... Yeah, I... I'm trying to think. Is there anything?
0: I think we covered everything I wanted to talk about. Oh.
2: I was wanted to talk about it off
0: air. Okay. But, yeah. Adrian asks, what are some weaker parts of your game that you've been working on lately? I actually tweeted about this. Um, I I am focusing right now on my mental game. Um Kind of in a uh the pandemic was really bad for me mentally. Like really bad.
2: Oh, it wasn't good? oh uh, yeah. <laughs> and... you have fun? The
0: whole time? <laughs> I know, right? Um and I I honestly have in some ways like, it doesn't happen in paper magic, weirdly. Like I don't I don't really get salty in paper magic. And I think that that I, I think I'm naturally a little bit of a salty person. Um but I, I need to find a way to incorporate how, whatever I do to make myself not salty in paper, I need to incorporate that into like my MTGO and my, my, you know, my, my arena play. And, um, and honestly, like just ev- at every level of my play, because I, I think that what ends up happening is I, I don't, I, I just don't participate in good practice habits uh because of that so for me right now i need to work on my mental quite a bit um and i i think that in all honesty like the biggest evidence of this is um is my arena play and honestly weirdly like what happens to me in smash and kind of a conversation that we had two episodes ago now um about just things getting into my head and it it happens for some reason a lot more like on mtgo and arena um so yeah I, that's that's kind of the thing i'm working on right now what about you guys
2: I, i'm curious to ask a question yeah do you think the fact that you are by yourself and a lot i mean like maybe you're like on a discord call right but like you're not seeing the opponent do you think that has something to do with it Where like it's much easier to like not get salty because like they're a person with thoughts and feelings and you know that in your head obviously when you play online but you don't see that
0: no um i have a feeling it's tactile um that the tactile parts of magic calm me down um but i don't i don't think that it because like The reason that I say this is, um, is like, even in times where like I've recorded videos with Matt Kling, um, where we're playing magic, I find myself getting salty. Uh, and like, he's my best friend. So like, I know he's a human with thoughts and emotions. Um, so I don't think it's, I do, I do have a feeling it's tactile. Um, but also I have a feeling that it's my natural state. And I've worked really hard, and I used to be like this in Paper Magic. So I just need to adjust in other places. I don't know if that answers your question.
2: No, I think it does. I, I was just curious. I know for some people, not with... Well, maybe I'm salty
0: well, I, I, Also, I, I'm saying I'm salty, but, like, I hope that you guys don't think I'm, like, a moto rager. Because, like, I'm anything but that. Like, I don't get into that type of stuff. I mean, just, my, I my, my self-talk is really bad like really bad um so that's that's my salt is i suck i'm stupid right not not your ugly stupid your luck butthead stuff i don't know i uh, it's 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 a lot of negative self-talk so uh
2: yeah i guess i can go first you know uh We kind of joked about, uh, you know, like how the pandemic, you know, like it has been hard on a lot of people in a lot of ways. Like you mentioned, Spencer, it's like been really tough for you in a lot of various ways. And for me with magic, it has definitely helped with, I don't know if apathy is the right word, but like kind of like, yeah, like, you know, things happen, life goes on whatever. Like it's not going to be the end of the world. This other thing was supposed to be. And like, you know, we'll do what we need to do. And it's kind of removed the pressure to want to grind a bunch for things after the first kind of wave of tournaments. Like for the Invitational and stuff like that, I really wanted to compete and do that sort of thing because it was like the first one. But like, you know, I've definitely practiced some for the NRGs and stuff like that and the things I've played in. But I haven't given it my all, for lack of a better term, you know? and uh, i think that's something that i really want to work on getting better at again is actually using the time that i'm using as effectively as possible and all of it and that sort of thing um, especially like it does help there's like you know, these bigger tournaments that i want to play in and whatnot and those happen but I-, I was thinking about that maybe two weeks ago about how just different the process is and how much more slack i'll give myself and be like yeah you know it's the energy It's not the end of the world like I don't do well, there'll be more. And, uh, you know, I'll just uh, play a little Valorant right now because I don't really want to figure out, like, this one minutiae of the matchup or whatever, you
0: know? Yeah, that's totally fair. I definitely have an inappropriate number of hours of, like, Valheim, for example, or, like, it's definitely time that I would typically have been spending <laughs> learning matchups or, or decks and magic. Ape?
1: Yeah. Um, mine, I actually answered this question in the Discord, so that was such a good question and I wanted to give I mean, answer. But my, uh, I've been working a lot on deck building and kind of going beyond tuning to, like, building in ways that are congruent with, like, other kinds of, uh, of, like, beliefs about things. So it's kind of come from, you know, one of the, the first questions I always get asked when I schedule, uh, like, when I start talking about some of like coaching, or they schedule a session with me is like oh well like what list should i play or like what uh like what colors should i play in the deck and it's like well this all kind of comes back to and the question will always be like how are you playing hammer time right now like how is it that you're doing things and kind of seeing things through and looking at options that maybe i wouldn't personally explore or not the best for me or i don't think are what are best for the way that i play to port that into and getting better at porting that into what i'm seeing someone else do and kind of think um more through their shoes and like what is going to be the best for them they're like you know i'm going to play this local one or 2k and i want to like tune up and make sure that i'm good and like you know i want to invest in my ability to play this deck and it's like well you know based on the fact that you aren't someone who's super into the modern metagame that you don't necessarily know all like you know i would never tell you to register meddling mage if you're like Not someone who's going to know what to name against every deck right like um and you can learn that but if you're like it might be better for you to play thoughtsies instead of playing blue at all because that's gonna be an easier card to navigate with or um you know you're someone who really likes to play the deck more combo and aggressively so let's build your deck around those things and um it's kind of really been part of an ongoing process of me learning about um you know how you can change. Uh, the small or big points of a lot of your game plans around, you know, handfuls of cards and uh, and the way you're approaching things. So,
0: thank you so much for the question, Adrian. Don't forget to reach out to me. We'll hook you up with some ways to store credit if you want to get your question answered on the show. There are multiple ways to do that. Obviously, you can get that Patreon push by becoming a patron over at Patreon.com/CCMTG, or you can just head over to the YouTube channel, leave a comment, ask a question. Leave a comment. We'll read those on the show too. Uh, you know, we'll we try to pick one every week. Um, Thank you so much to all the listeners. Uh, if you want to check out the rest of the network, you can head over to com or the YouTube channel. You can hear Sam Black talk about drafting. You can hear uh, the our Popper podcast in common knowledge. They they have announced uh, that they are looking for a new co-host as as Brad has decided to kind of take a less competitive look at Popper. He isn't really enjoying the MTGO scene because of the competitiveness. And so that they, you know, there's changes coming there. Uh, or you could just check out my other cast uh, with Mythicast with Michaela Downs. Um, that is going to do it. Like, sub, review. Where can people find you, Abe?
1: Uh, you can find me at twitter.com slash more nothings. And uh, twitter.com slash MTG for all of your tournaments stories to tell as we enter this new op system i'd love to hear about you winning your local qualifiers and stuff so mason uh you can find me over at twitter.com
2: at mason e clark you find me each and every thursday at the Card kingdom writing about some topic or decks and you find me at twitch.tv slash mason clark
0: some people be dropping their articles about the op minutes after the op dropping.
2: It was supposed to drop today. I was surprised it got put up yesterday. <laughs> it got uh, edited and put up very quickly.
0: Very fast. I was I was impressed. You can find me at Spencer13h, and you can find me every other week on Mythicast and need to nerd Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We'll see you guys on next time with another episode of Constructed Criticism.